all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome back to the Sack Kings of the North Podcast, where we say what our heart desires. As always, we're your hosts, and this is the last episode of the 2018-2019 regular season, as that came to a close on Wednesday, April 10th, and, uh... Ultimately, you know, there's their ups, there are many downs. Lots of downs. A lot of in-betweens. Uh-huh. Uh, if, if you have one sentence to, to, to summarize the whole season, what would you say? Um, we could have won a lot of money in Vegas. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd probably just go with surprising yet disappointing. Yeah. Simple, succinct. Good enough. Good job, ben. What about shout out to fifth grade, Miss Thomas, first day of school, written on the board, stayed with me ever since. Ready for this quote? Yeah, I'm ready. Good enough never is. That is truly profound. Shout out to your fifth grade teacher. Yeah, huge. But uh, let's just jump right into it. So, as I said, season ended Wednesday. We played Portland in Portland at the Moda Center. Um, you know. If you watched, you know that this one was frustrating, but also less frustrating, but also still more frustrating at the same, all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it was frustrating just because we had that 28-point lead before the half, and I mean, we were leading by 20 at least at halftime. Yeah, it was like 27. Yeah, and uh, and in the, the second half, it evaporated just like, you know, magic evaporated in Wednesday night as well. Yeah. Oh, it was Tuesday night, so... But, but, you know, same idea. Yeah, basically this one, um, I risked life and limb in my career. Yeah. Trying to watch this game at work on the old phone. And alas, we can't have nice things. This is the Sacramento Kings. That's that's a new quote. Can't have nice things, it's the Sacramento Kings. There it that's is. Not, that, that's Tagline. If I'm ever a fifth grade teacher, that's what's going to be on the board my first day. Um, yeah, the starters, you know, they played their... Quarter and a half, and showed that this team is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And the bench showed up in the opposite direction. Yeah. Showed that this team isn't a force. Yeah. And should be reckoned with. I think, I mean, obviously we're going to get into it later. This is a podcast about the Kings, so we might as well just bring it up right now. Yeah. Um, the beloved GQ Dave uh, basically... Uh, not Sonobello. They're the they're the liposuction. Yeah, they're liposuction. Either way, another D- GQ Dave <laughs> yeah, ideal. Really, all the uh, all the spray tan joints around Sacramento. Are California have, Sun. California Sun. That's what I was looking for. California Sun's gonna have one less customer because and fifty percent less business. That's true because one David Yeager uh, has been let go by the Sacramento Kings. We're going to do a whole segment on that in the future. Yeah, stick around for that. This is, I only bring this up now because, you know, reading this, that, and the other thing about this Portland game, it was interesting to look at it from the standpoint of what if GQ David not been fired? Yeah. What you have is the chance for 40 wins or you have the chance to kind of solidify your bench players for next season. Yeah. This kind of end of the season tryout for all the Swanigans, for all the Troy Williams, even for all the Frank Masons. And, I mean, Corey Brewer's played like I mean, a lot. even more he, so Frank Mason because he they have a team option that has to be exercised pretty soon. Yeah, basically the whole bench besides yeah. Marvin Bagley and then Harry Giles is like was shut down. So, not, yeah. you know, not him. But... Basically, like the whole bench, I I didn't throw Bogey in there. You never know what's what's up with that guy. He's had, yeah, he's, he's had a he's had a rough couple of months. Yeah, he had a good a good March into April. Mm-hmm. Took him a long time to get, I would say, healthy from that first knee, then the foot, the big toe, the turf toe. Uh, 
So let's throw him in there too as part of this bench tryout. So basically, what we were saying is I wouldn't be as mad at the 39 wins if this was a way to prep for next season. Now that GQ Dave is no longer with us, rest in peace. Yeah. In our spirits. It's not... It's the kind of 39 wins is like a, a more of a slap in the face. Yeah. Because I really wanted 40. It kind of just seems like an irrelevant um, experiment at the end of that game. Although, these are professional players. And Portland wasn't playing any of their big ballers. Oh, dude, they played the legend known as Anthony Simmons. Yeah, Simons? Simons. Simons. Yeah, we looked this one up. Yeah. And former King legend, Scal LeBissier. Yeah, this, I don't know. Scal did us dirty on this one. That was, I, it's I was, his revenge game. I was, you know, you can't really feel too bad about that. But basically, oh, they, they, mis- they played were, six players. They were one Papa Giannis from playing like a, a King's all-time greatest hits. Imagine if Stauskas was still oh, there. Oh, man. But they had six players and they were all in double figures. Double figures, and they and they, five of them played over forty minutes. I was, just, I was just about to say they all played. You're gonna have to mute this a ton of time and scored a ton of points. And there's gonna be a decent amount of swearing in this episode. Either way, a lot of bleeps for you people at home. But it's 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 fun here because it makes the half Greek freak has to go back and post and find the exact points, and it really just pisses them off. So, this is a swear-heavy episode. Um, Basically, on the King's end of this uh, L, honestly, nothing really that that stood out. Other than the fact that all of the starters were in that plus-minus and balled out, and all of the bench sucked ass. Mm -hmm. So, 39 wins it is. You know, 39's better than 38. That's true. And it's better than the Lakers did, so we got that going for us. That's true. So, could be worse. We could uh, have a lot worse things going on. But uh, let's... It let's, could be a lot better, though. Let's, uh, you know, we, we mentioned the legend Anthony Simmons. Simons. Simons. You got this in my head now. But uh, <laughs> he's the first player oh, yeah. he's, in league he's history. Goat. He's the GOAT. In, in over 50 years to score 37 points on his first ever start. Mm. And he's the third player ever... To have 37 and 9 assists. And 6. Yeah, as a teenager, which has only been done by LeBron and Kevin Durant. So, pretty wild game out of him. It only took him the entire game and never resting. So, it was uh, was wild. Wild one out there. Yeah, basically, I mean, last week we previewed this game as the microcosm of the Kings season. And this was really it. Never has a take been so correct. Yeah. You're welcome. Hit people. the nail on the head. Yep. So that that was this game. I don't really. Do you want to say anything else about it? I don't think we. I don't know. I don't at all. Just the like the only thing is between this game mm-hmm. and the other Portland overtime loss, mm-hmm. we play the teams, the Western Conference playoff teams, down to the finish, tooth and nail. We're a very solid team going into next season. We got to beef up that bench. Obviously, we need a new coach. So that's a whole other deal. But we need to beef up the bench. I'll get into it a little later. I think any free agent credibility is out the window. Not that there Mm -hmm. was any to start with. Let's just hope that Marvin Bagley... Well, first of all, let's just hope Harry Giles comes out healthy. Obviously, same thing with Marvin, but he didn't end the season, you know being shut down for injury. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see... What's the one thing you'd like to see for the... Uh, I believe we're doing the California Classic again. Yeah, yeah. What, what's... You know, what milestone would you like to see there? Um, my, mine, personally, would, I want a, a game where Marvin and Harry... I mean, they're probably both going to play. Yeah, I don't know why I mean, they wouldn't. Yeah. I want, a, I want a game where they both drop 25 and 10. Same game. I, I feel like that might be a little bit much just because last year our returning guys like De'Aaron only did ever play that one that first game. And then they threw it to like Frank and um, Troy and all these other guys that just don't play. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I think re- like realistically, 
I think they could do it in the first game. Well, that too, but I think Harry's going to play every game. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, but I'm saying both of them doing it in the same game. Marvin will play the first game, and then it's going to happen. Twenty-five, ten, fifteen. They're playing scrubs. No, I want to see. Do you remember last year when Marvin came went against uh, Jordan Bell? What about Mo Wagner? And he got shut down by Jordan Bell. Yeah, I want to see Bagley. Go go into that and be the Jordan Bell and shut down all these incoming yeah that's a good one. bigs I'll, I like that the other thing too is I'd like to see um, I'd like to see Harry Giles with like a very solid assist to turnover ratio throughout all the games if he plays all the game mm-hmm. looking for that four to one yeah I'm gonna say like I, for for me I think my big point of emphasis for Giles. Is to keep the fouls down. Have them not. I mean, I know summer league you get it's ten crazy. fouls. He's about to be fouling out. But with uh, 10. but I, I I want him to to stay under five in every game. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, too, I like to see Marvin use the right hand. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's what everybody wants. That's what everyone wants. Either way, I want twenty five and ten to fifteen rebounds. So uh, I just want rebounds. If you're in Sacramento, look for those tickets coming up any day now. Yeah, those are fun games. Those are, those are the, that's the June July window is when those those tend to occur. Yeah, I think it's isn't it right around the fourth? I yeah, it's right around the fourth. Yeah, last year leading up to the fourth. Last year it was like the second, third, and fifth. Yeah. So uh, look out for a, a nice little episode of the Sat Kings of the North Pod coming at you early July to recap those games. Um, but now let's uh, let's move on. The season's over. You know what comes next is the playoffs, and then after that, for some reason, is the regular season NBA awards. So you know, as members of the media, Ben and I have uh, no voting power because we're not that good yet. But soon we will, and when we do, this is what our votes would look like. We both have put together mock uh, ballots, mm. and. Uh, Right now, we will let you know who we have voted for all of the major categories, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Um, just as last week, we did our all-NBA team. All credit to Brad Stevens. Psych! So, uh, it's not Brad Stevens. That's the spoiler. We, not, it isn't. We're going we're gonna to do that, and we'll, we'll also give you our runner-ups. So I might not. Well, I did runner-ups. So <laughs> I don't, yeah. You can I, get with the program. I didn't. So let's just jump right into it. Let's start off with uh, you want you want to go MVP last and build to the biggest award, just yeah, like sure. the show's gonna do. Okay, yeah. So like, does that we start with Coach of the Year? Yeah, let's do Coach of the Year. It's the least impactful. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Um, you know. So yeah, this is not gonna be a scenario where the Coach of the Year gets fired like it has <sighs> in the past. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That, well, okay, that's true. But I my Coach of the Year might. Okay, well, that's interesting. Okay, so I'm picking Mike Malone. All right, nice. So, so he's not going to get fired. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, my, my coach of the year was Luke Walton. Oh! No, I'm just kidding. Who, yeah, what? Yeah, he's not the coach of the year. Yeah, the coach I mean, of the year is 100% Budenholzer. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah that's a good one. Dude's been that. insane. That team has vastly overperformed, as have the Nuggets. Yeah, I was just thinking my, from the Nuggets is like... They were out of the playoffs last yeah, they year. Yeah, they go ninth to second, and they were in it the whole season, and they had the best... So my argument, I have, I have Malone as my runner-up. Oh, runner-up. Um, they had the best record at the All-Star break? Yeah. So I, I had Malone as my runner-up. My argument against that was last year they had 47 wins, I think, and they missed the playoffs on that. They were ninth seed, where the Kings are this year. Came down to that last game against the Timberwolves. Yeah. And this year they ended with, what, 50, 57 wins? 56, I somewhere think, in there? Yeah. No, it's 55. It's got to be 55. Yeah, last year... Either way, yeah, the improvement wasn't, like, insane. Yeah, where the Bucks went from a mid-40s, like a low 44-45, to being now the only team over 60. Two words. The West. That's... I, I completely agree. But two words. Leading league. Yeah. League uh, leaders. Yeah. <laughs> All words. There you go. Um, no, those are... The, I, I would say, I kind of forgot about Budenholzer yeah. until... But... I'm not doing runner-ups, but yeah. if I did, still wouldn't be it. No, yeah, he'd probably be it. Yeah, I mean, the only other person I could think of is McMillan in uh, Indy because of just what they've done since Oladipo's gone down. Yeah, but that Pretty team's crazy. not doing anything in the playoffs. Yeah, so. that team is going to be f- so maybe, kind of maybe six games, yeah. if they're lucky. 
And that's against the, the faltering Celtics. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, most improved most improved player. Um, this is actually a weirdly contested yet almost decided category. Yeah, it's like I'd say. it's like as comp- quote unquote competitive as the MVP race is. Yeah. This one I think has. I mean, in my head, thinking right now, there's like six players that could be oh, yeah. most improved. Definitely. Like, last year it was 100% Oladipo. And the next player was miles away. This year, I I mean, I, I have Pascal Siakam as my number one. And I think he's a fair leap and bound ahead of everybody else. But I think the two, three, four, and five, whoever that may be, are all really close. Um, my, my honorable mention is a, a tie between Buddy Love and D'Angelo Russell with De'Aaron Fox right behind there as well. And I think there's still, like, another three guys that you could all you could bring up for most improved. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know if this is on, like, everyone's radar, but mm-hmm. you throw Blake back in there. Oh, yeah, he's just had a resurgence. Yeah, I mean, but Blake's not my pick. I'm going with Buddy Heald. That's where you need, like, a, the what's the NFL one? The return? Yeah. Or whatever. The NFL's got some dumb, really dumb yeah. awards. But, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, body love. Um, I mean, the do, 273s. Which is 103s less than the league leader, which is shows how crazy the league is. And 130 less than the all-time record. Yeah, true. Which is crazy. Either way, um, broke a lot of records as far as franchise. Here's another thing. It's the seventh most made threes in league history, and it's still 130 behind the record, which is insane. Well, it's good enough for most improved player in my book. I agree. So, uh, yeah, most improved player, interesting race. Um, let's let's move on to uh, six man, and they should just name it after him because yeah, it's, it's I mean, literally Lou. We got this. Yeah, we got this. I mean, you could do your honorable mention, but we got the same winner. Yeah, it's sweet Lou. I think yeah. This the team. I hate the team. Yeah, I hate Doc. Yeah, honestly, does it have to be? No, Lou Williams is cool though. Yeah, Lou so, Williams is a great guy. Comes off the bench, drops 20. Like, it's a Nightly. Gi- it's a give. Yeah, it's a given. It's automatic. It's got two girls, and they get along. That's true. That's, man. That's, like, that's hard to beat, honestly. You're not beating that anytime soon. Yeah, so it's Lou Will. So who's your honorable? Uh, I actually have two again. Um, number one, D. Rose. Oh, know, yeah. Really a great season. Yeah, I love Kind of fell off after yeah, like December. a lot. Kind of fell off but, after the first two months. Yeah, but really... <laughs> Like, Rose is great. Very fun season. Nice to see him back and contributing. And my honorable mention, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, has done really, really incredible stuff with that. Yeah. With that... Uh, Son of NBA great Arvidas Sabonis. Yeah. So That's a Gonzaga legend. Yeah. So uh, that's our six-man yep. picks. And then Rookie of the Year, another one that's close one-two, but everybody knows number one. Yeah, it's cool. And Luka. Yeah. Uh, if, if you go with anybody other than Luka Doncic... You're wrong. Um, Trey Young's a runner-up. Uh, do you? I'd say Bagley or yeah, Aiden I mean third. Those two. No, I'll definitely put Bagley three. Yeah, and then Aiden, and then probably Jaron Jackson Jr. I I nah, I, I struggle putting six. Jackson because he's yeah, he was he injured for a lot so long. Season, but I don't even Who know knows? Bridges and Phoenix. Nah, nah. he's awful. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, it's Luca, and then a hundred feet of crap. Ice Trey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so... And then Trey Young. So, yeah, Luka Doncic. Yeah, easily the winner of that one. Um, now back to the contested awards. Uh, we got Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say anything more about this because it's going to give away my... Uh, my, M- my MVP. Yeah. So, let's just simply say Giannis Antetokounmpo. There you go. Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I have uh, Rudy Gobert is mine. Just the advanced stats about what he does at the rim and yeah, yeah, how he yeah. affects the game. We know. Insane. It's easy. Uh, my runner-up is Joel Embiid. Similar. It's a good one. It's a good one. Insane advanced stats defensively, especially around the rim. Um, but, yeah, I think any of those three guys could win it, and nobody would be upset. Yeah. I think all three of them had outstanding seasons. Um, but that, that gets us into Harden, the big award. What everybody's waiting for. It's Harden. Yeah, that's wrong. It's it's Giannis, but uh, why why'd you go with Harden? Um, because he's like averaging thirty, almost thirty-seven points, 
and he's just like actually impossible to stop in three I'll say three facets of the game although you can kind of link the foul shooting with the driving to the hoop kind mm-hmm. of and then I don't know the dude just it's like when when I was watching the the uh the final four mm-hmm. and that dude Got the like the touch foul, like it was a foul on the three point shot for Virginia, and I just immediately texted someone. I was like, James Harden ruined basketball, and it. I don't know if you can have that impact. Like, if if I can hate someone that much, mm-hmm. you're the MVP. That's right. that's my pick. That's fair enough. Yeah, I have uh, Giannis, the the biggest someone I don't really like hate, but I hate. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I get it. But he, uh, so I saw, I heard a stat today, ready right, for this right, one? Right, right. He's the strongest defensive player, like the best on their team for sure, on the number one defense in the league. And he's the best offensive player on the number three offense in the league. And he's the best player on the, the best, best team. Record, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, those three so things all together, you got to vote for him for the MVP. I, I think if it goes to either of those two guys, I wouldn't be upset at all. Again, like I, I could see both of them winning it. Um, three through five is a, is a mismatch of Jokic and Curry and Paul George. Yeah, I think for me, like, it is Paul. No, I'm going to go with Jokic. I'd go with Jokic. Yeah, Jokic three. is three. I love. And then I'd probably put Curry get ahead of George. Just yeah, Paul that, George was, in the first. He was three up the first, until the All-Star break. No, in the first two months, I'd say he was my MVP. Yeah, you were saying that up until yeah, no, January. No, I know. That's what I'm saying, like. November to like, yeah. Basically till January, it was Paul George, and then that team just kind of sucks. Yeah. So it isn't. So it's hard. So yeah, that's uh that is our NBA awards ballot. Um, if you're listening, Adam Silver, move it to not be in uh the middle of summer because nobody cares by the time that we, they actually do it. Yeah, they need to make some money sometime in like yeah. July. You mean the draft? That's true. You mean summer league? They're fine. So, uh, that leads us to our little check-in on our predictions from two weeks ago. Of uh, Yeah, these are the playoff predictions. So, basically, you don't need to hear it again. Go back and listen. What we're going to do is just tell you who was more right. So, basically, if you get, this is the way we're going to do it. I just came up with this right now. He did it. On the spot. If you just get the team mm-hmm. in no particular order, you get one point. Yeah. If you get the team in their seed, you get two. And then we're just going to add that up. And who has the better, more correct, quote-unquote, bracket? We've done the matchups. We've done the math. And this is uh, what it comes out to. Basically, I won. Yeah, It was, it very, was, pretty, it was pretty close. close. I'd say as far as picking the correct teams, we were basically the same there. I, I mean, the West was already, I'm pretty sure, done. It was. Uh, I think the the Kings had been, if not mathematically eliminated. Yeah. In in essence, eliminated. Yeah. No, I think we were in essence eliminated. Basically, the only one we missed in the East was we both picked Miami in some sort of like, we tried to will the D Wade one the wine D Wade wine one last ride. Yeah. So I picked Miami um, instead of the Pistons. So shout out to Detroit for making that making yeah. the playoffs. You and, picked Miami instead of the Magic, yeah. so shout out to Vucevic. Yeah, um, and uh, Aaron Gordon and uh, Jonathan Isaac. So shout out to Vucevic. Basically, yeah, total DJ point, Augustine. Total. So shout out to Vucevic. Basically, the points came down to I got twenty five decent amount of bonus points. Um, you got twenty one with, you know, less. Um, so basically, yeah, who. Is your? I think we talked about this. Who's your final four? Um, in the West, I'm gonna go with the Warriors and the. Oh, this is tough because now now that the Warriors play the Rockets in the the second round. Go with the Warriors, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know, we're gonna go. We're gonna go risky. We're saying the Spurs are gonna upset the Nuggets, mm. and then they're gonna upset. The Thunder, who upset the Trailblazers in the first round. And <laughs> right. it'll be Warriors-Spurs in the, the Western Conference Final. Alright, well, I'm not going to go with that. 
Um, I'm gonna pick the easy Golden State Denver. I think. Yeah. I think Denver is solid enough to win the first two rounds. Then in the East. In the East, I am picking mm. Philly and Milwaukee. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Toronto, Milwaukee. I think that that Philly team, I'm just not confident in. Dude, I'm confident enough. J- Jimmy Buckets is not getting buckets, you know. I, I don't know. I'm not confident. So we'll check back in later. I think the next episode we're gonna do is will be the uh, the pr- preview of the finals. Yeah. Because we you know you don't need to hear us talk about each round. Yeah, we're Kings fans. They're not in it. But let's talk about the big games. So. uh... That brings us into our sponsored segment. We'll be right back. And we're back. Now let's uh, get into a little league news. Yeah. Before we get to the, the big moment of this week. Uh, Pace yourselves, people. Huge, huge news around the league. Let's start with the least uh, significant and go to the most. So up first was that the Cavs fired their interim head coach who took over for Ty Lue. It doesn't matter because they suck. And yeah. there's nothing that's going to make them better immediately. Yeah. And they're not getting the first pick. No. And so, who cares? Yeah. Uh, the next piece was that J.B. Bickerstaff in Memphis was uh, mutually relieved of his duties as head coach. And their general manager was... Relieved of his duties. Yes. <laughs> he relieved himself. Yeah, that's... Um, of his duties. And uh, their, their general manager was reduced to a scouting role. <laughs> That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they're going to suck It's just not working too. out between us, but we can still be friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that Memphis team is just like uh, Cleveland. Not going to be good anytime soon. Doesn't matter. Uh, unless they get Zion somehow. Don't, won't. The, well, they could. They won't. They have a top eight protected pick. They num- currently have the number eight odds. So if uh, somebody leapfrogs them. So shout out to Vucevic. They won't. The, somebody leapfrogs them, that pick goes to the Celtics. Danny Ainge is out of control. Dude, let me just assets. let me just tell you that. Danny Ainge is a wizard. He's might be the greatest GM of all time. I don't know. I don't like there's not there's not too many people that that can swindle Danny Ainge. Yep. Um in regards to the Kings pick, mm. uh, the coin toss was on Friday. And we, or the Kings, have the worst odds, but it doesn't matter because those odds go to the Celtics or and, the Sixers. Yeah, if it goes number one, <laughs> doubt. Whoa, so trash. It's a, uh, it's going to the Celtics at the 14th overall, um, which is funny too because like they really thought they were getting a great pick, but they aren't. They're not. So f- you guys. Could have been way better though. Yeah. Could have been a nice little 20th. Could have been a contender. Dude. Could have been, been somebody. somebody. Uh. And in the, the final major piece of league news, it's a little two-parter. Number one was that Magic Johnson uh, called an emergency press conference on thir- Tuesday before the Lakers' last game against the Portland Trailblazers and abruptly announced his resignation from the role of president of basketball operations, surprising everyone, and he did this even before telling Jeannie Buss. Um, number two is that... Oh, hold on. You think Jeannie Buss is hot? I mean, maybe 20 years ago. What about, what about right now, though? I don't know what she looks like now. I actually have never seen a current photo. Kind of the same, honestly. Like, but in a plastic surgery, kind of yeah. the same. Her, her Twitter icon is still her cover photo from Playboy. Mm. So she's definitely... Interesting. Yeah, now now def- I know what all the fuss is about, Phil Jackson. Exactly. Um, yeah, um, basically, Magic Johnson. Let's just go with, he wants to focus on the Dodgers. Yeah, well, it's like... He wants to. He wasn't having fun. He couldn't. He couldn't tweet at players to congratulate them on good nights, supposedly. Yeah. And uh, branching off of this, he didn't want to tell Luke you fired because uh, he didn't want to get between him and her, as in Luke and Jeannie. Are they banging? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she's the real mother of Luke. Who knows? Maybe. Bill. Bill got around. How old's Jeannie these days? I don't know. Probably Dream like, Genie? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I'm like maybe like 60. On the backs of this uh, magic story. I'm looking that up. Uh, 
Luke yeah, Luke Walton's, Walton's fired. Still got fired. Dude sucks ass. Although, it's more just that he's the Lakers head coach. But I also just wasn't even a huge fan you anyway, know, ever. You know, Because I hate Bill Walton. That's a whole nother thing. That's wrong. What a... What, Bad commentator. I'll give you that. No, that's what I'm saying. As a player? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about now. Yeah. I'm saying this dude is so terrible at really his bad current job... Uh, he's one of those guys that's unintentionally hilarious. No, it's like when he ate that cupcake. It's so and the, terrible. And the candle on the cupcake. Dude left the broadcast to take a leak on air. That's pretty funny. And his and his co co anchor was just like, I'm sure most of you would be happy if Bill didn't return. Still pretty funny. That's how you know it's just it's unbearable. He's pretty bad. It's man. As a player, though, really, really great. You know how someone, some people's voice, voices are, like, you know, velvety, or sometimes they're, like, the opposite. They're, like, nails on the chalkboard. In your voice, nails yeah. on the chalkboard? Basically. Luke Luke Walton is, like, the love child of the velvet voice and the nail, or, sorry, Bill Walton, and the nail on the chalkboard. So he's it's just like, in the middle. He's just average. No, it's like, you, you want to listen. It's not average. It's like, I'm saying, it's like a, a roller coaster. Of voice. It's like he draws you in, you want to listen, he says something... It's a glass box of emotions? Kind of. Says something intelligent, and then it just... <laughs> crunching down. It's it's terrible. Either way, you can't pinpoint it, because it's just like an alien's voice. Yeah. The dude's a maniac. Hmm. You, you know. Yeah, I agree. It's a, He's a weird dude. But he's a great basketball player. But he's a terrible... He's just an off Either way. And his son, I'm not a fan of as a coach. He's a he's a worse commentator than players only. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't know. That's that's pretty close. Dude, is he ever dropped D Wade wine? No. Probably. He probably drinks D Wade wine on air. Probably. That's pretty fire, dude. That's what LeBron would do. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you know, as as fellow Pacific Division members, you just hate to see the Lakers go through these turmoils, right? Yeah, right. Just hate to see it. Yeah. The, they're, they're historic struggling. God, can't even say it, dude. Yeah, with a straight face. trash. Get them out of here. We're seeing in California. Yeah, and we'll be forever. So, Still uh, looking how old Genie Bus is. Here, you spelled it wrong. So, Genie Bus is 57. Hey, not 60, I said. Pretty close. Damn, dude. 16 years for senior. Yeah. Hey, there's a picture of her and Phil. Yeah, there it is. See, crazy yeah. looking. The Zen oh. Master is a psycho. Either way. Luke Walton out. Uh, before we get to this next segment, uh, just a little heads up. We recorded this on Friday, the day that Luke Walton was fired, and before Luke Walton had officially joined the Kings. So just a little, um, take take everything we say with a, a little bit of grain of salt knowing that. Um, personally, I think Luke Walton will, will do well with the Kings. I think his play style fits the Kings offense and defense. Um, however, I do recognize that he does have issues with trusting other, uh, coaches and, and, you know, trusting too much of his friends and not enough on proven professionals. So hopefully he can, uh, learn to, to bring somebody in, especially to install an offense. And, uh, yeah, I, I have complete faith that he'll, uh, be able to get these lads to play some better defense, but overall, I mean, it's it's kind of just a wait and see type of thing. You know, there's there's not a lot that we can say right now on April fourteenth about what's going to happen next October and into the the depths of next season and really even the playoffs. But I think while Dave gave us a good little boost, um. Hopefully somebody that's a player's coach like Luke can give us can take us to that next level. Um, and I think Vladi sees the same thing. And, I mean, while I might not necessarily agree with getting rid of Dave 100%, I think, I mean, Vladi's proven that his track record, with his track record, that his moves have been generally improving throughout time. And I think, I mean, at this point, all we can do is trust him. Kind of the same as the, the Luka Doncic, uh, Marvin Bagley debate. You know, there might be other candidates out there that 
<clears throat> I might have liked a little more, or I would have liked to have seen interviewed, or whatever. But at this point, Luke is our coach. Luke is the leader of this team, and going forward, I think we just need to support him that way. Um, while, I mean, obviously, if a year, two years from now, it's obviously not working out, then I think it's rightfully time to start calling for heads to be rolling. But at this point, all we can do is just hope for the best. Anyway, as you go ahead and listen to this next segment, keep that in mind. Additionally, just wanted to give a huge shout-out to uh, El Tigre, Tiger Woods, on winning another Masters. I think his fifth Masters and 15th or 16th major, his first in 10 years. So that was pretty incredible to watch. Shout-out to the GOAT. And, uh, yeah, here's the next segment. Which leads us to now, yeah, the moment we've all been waiting for. Team news. You know, Lottie just hit, hit him with the Thanos. Yeah. Thanos. Thanos. Dude, that's, what, that's how they say it in Europe. Yeah, that's how they say it in Europe. Yeah, dude. You know we're cultured on this oh podcast. Oh, my God. All right, either way. This is where the, uh... Take, the buck ends, this is what, yeah, this is buck soft here. This is where it takes dark turn. There you go. That's the dark turn sound. Okay, basically, everyone listen up, all right? We're listening. We don't have a coach. We don't have a coach. So that's correct. Who are we going to get? Vladdy with a shotgun. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh. Who are we going to get? It better not be Cur- Currently, there are... Three major front runners. The assistant coach Monty Williams, I believe his name is. Yeah. Is is he the one from New Orleans? The assistant. He's in. I think he's in Philly. He's in right? Philly. He's Philly, in Philly assistant. There's a, uh, the guy from the Spurs. There's Italian. There's Italian guy from the Spurs. There's yeah. also Becky Hammond from the Spurs. Either who's, way, who's not an, a front runner at all? Yeah. Hasn't even been mentioned. Weirdly, you'd, you'd think that it'd come up. Anyway, the no, it's Monty Williams, former New Orleans coach. Currently assistant coach in Philly. We got Edere Messina, uh, Spurs assistant coach. And all-time EuroLeague coaching great, apparently. And I think he's like Team Italy's head coach for like world basketball. That makes sense. You know, Pop's Team USA, so. It's not anymore. Sense. Yeah, he is. For 2020, dude. Oh, yeah. It was Coach, it was coach K. It's not yeah. anymore. You're right. And uh, the, the third and final, Luke Walton. No. Um. They've set up, or they've approached all these people to set up interviews with uh, all three of them. We'll see more on that as the the week goes on. But um, okay, basically, how we're gonna do this? Because I just thought of this too. We're gonna do point counterpoint. Yeah. Would you rather take the this is a good decision, or would you rather take the this is a bad decision? Well, I know that you think this is a bad decision, and I am more neutral. Well, so see, take, I don't think it's like a bad decision. I just think it's like I'll take it's more likely to be bad. I'll take, I'll take it good. I'll take the good side. All right, hit me with why. Okay, why is firing Dave Yeager on the heels of our winningest season in over a decade a good decision? Give me 30 seconds. Jane, you ignorant slut. You ready for these 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, go. Here it is. Now in the, the age of player movement, as they call it, where players can demand and sit out for as long as they want, as done by Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis and whatever, all these players... We're very unhappy with him. That's not a... That's for Mike Schoenberg. I know. What are you doing? Sorry, we're still looking at Genie Buss. Uh, All right, go ahead. But in the age of player movement, there there was a lot of discomfort between the players and the coach. And you'd see it flare up a lot. And you don't want that to get worse to the point where, you never know, Bagley II demands a trade in place of Bagley III. Or uh, De'Aaron Fox's daughter says she can't go to... Phoebe Hurst and needs to transfer to LA, you know, to Crossroads to get that basketball scholarship. <laughs> so I think ultimately getting somebody that's, you know, gets along better with the front office, gets along better with the players, doesn't want to just make everybody riot and and storm the gates. Uh, I think that's ultimately a great point. And this is the best time of the year to, to fire somebody. The day after the season's over, you still have two months to prepare for free agency you have a month to prepare for the draft and you're not you're not causing teams to win or lose because the season's over um if, if you're gonna fire them this is the time and i think that 
ultimately this will turn out in the favor of the Kings. Okay. Now hit us with the counterpoints. Um, basically, I don't know how many fold it is. It just seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of points here to be said. So let's let me start with this one. Mm-hmm. In the in Vladi's little press conference, twelve minute thing, I watched all of it for no reason because he literally said, "That's fine." <laughs> he said one thing basically for twelve minutes. Yeah, is it's time to move on. Still less weird than uh, than Irving's press conference. Yeah. There, it what is what is so frustrating for us the fans yep. and us the media yep. is that there's no transparency in the front office at all. What, what you know? You remember in South Park when Stan's trying to return the Margaritaville, mm-hmm. and he goes up to it's like Congress. And they cut the head off the chicken and it runs around and it stops on bailout and that's why they bail out the banks. Mm. That's literally what this team feels like. And whole and this I agree. And this is and this is what. It's not even that that's what it's like. It's just that it's the perception of that's what it's like. Yeah, like they they don't the the perceived that they don't have guidance. Correct. Yeah. It's not that like it's like yeah, you can trust Vladi 100%. Mhm. But the media and the players and the stigma—I'm so, not, not not talking our players. Yeah, yeah. But the stigma of the Sacramento Kings is that there's no direction. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, you get some sort of quote-unquote direction. Mm-hmm. Winning 39 games should have been more. That was another thing. Is that another? Is that another reason there? You know, the blown lead to the Suns, the blown lead to the Nets, the blown lead to the. The Trailblazers. I'm I'm a person plus the other ones that we could have won. I mean, I'm the a person, Warriors game. Yeah, I'm I'm a person that, that's more going to say that that's about ninety percent on the players. I don't give a shit about rotation. I, I I agree that it's probably a lot more on the players and the coaching staff, but I'd still say it's seventy thirty. Either way, that's still too much. To that's still too a too little amount to warrant this. Firing, in my opinion, yeah, because again, it just adds to this perception that we have no idea what we're doing, and what does that lead to? People like literally what happened this year. I think, if anything, there's going to be more Marvin Bagley, too. Mm. There's going to be more other members of the. What's the word? Peanut gallery? Owner, yeah, that too. Ownership group. Yeah. Voicing their opinion. There's going to be more members of the media feeding into it. That this isn't a, a winning culture as much as these moves seem to be going somewhere. It, it always seems like it's one step forward, two steps back. Like I said before, we have there's no credibility in free agency. Not like there was any in the first place, but... Any sort of... Now it's KD to the Knicks, confirm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like we were getting Kevin Durant anyway. But I think what's so frustrating is that we fire a coach on the heels of a great season when uh, at the same day, we re-sign Vladi for four years as GM. And that's coming on the heels of... Could be a fluke season. I think it's just too... Random to do anything so rash. I think that another point with this Vladi um, re-signing for four years. He talks about in this press conference, basically, that he started thinking about firing Dave after the All-Star break. Mm -hmm. But no one wants to bring up that the players were obviously kind of left out to, you know out to dry as far as the personnel moves, blindsided, whatever you want to say. It took us a while to get back into this winning mentality. I'm a fan of the Harrison Barnes trade, but all I'm saying is that there's it's everything's connected. There's so many moving parts, and to get no answer to why we fired Dave Yeager other than the fact is we want to go in a different direction. Well, the direction was going... Upward. Well, there, there, there have been answers to it. I mean, 
it's it's been said over and over again since the the the, the termination occurred that it was because of disagreements with front office, disagreements with players, and ultimately that Dave was they were looking at he might be leaving the summer anyways to go to Me- or to go to Minnesota. If if Minnesota, which they haven't decided if they're going to keep Ryan Saunders or not. Um, that's his dream job. That's been his dream job back in Memphis. This has been a common theme there, as has been his distrust of owner or of GMs, and as has his favorite favor, playing favorites with players and having personality issues with guys and not letting guys you know enter lineups and and sticking with guys even when they're slumping, which we saw multiple times this year as well. So I mean, I I don't think Dave. I mean, then, was then, be, then, then honestly, then why hire him? Because you hired him three years ago. What other options did we have then? Uh, plenty of options. We could have thrown $10 million at any college coach. Yeah. But I just think that it's so... The history of college... This is a whole other thing, but the history of college coaches in the N- NBA is worse than the history of college coaches in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, what about the history of our coaches, period? Yeah, but this is, this is a you better decision. You might as well try something new if you're going to try something new. Well, they tried something new by giving it to a guy that was, he'd been, what, three years in Memphis and had before that been a G League coach. He wasn't a big name dude. He got fired in Memphis because he didn't agree with their front office. We brought him in because he might have just been a front office thing. So now it's his second stop. He's made the same mistakes twice. And who knows what happens with his, his future. I mean, or, or maybe he didn't make any mistakes and people just need to like let the coach coach. And let the players play. Well, he wasn't letting the players play. The players were playing. We yeah, but he won was... 39 games. Not yeah, that could have been 45 if you would have let the players play at times. And I think that's where a lot of these I questions think if the players came. If the players would have played, they were on the court. They just didn't show up in a lot of these losses. You got to give me that. I, I mean, I agree, but there's also other ones where they did show up and then something happened. Like... The Golden State game that was two different times when they had a lead going the last couple minutes. Four different times. And they shrunk in. You know? Or the the one where Buddy hits the three and he gets scolded so he passes the next look up and doesn't take the clean look, which would have tied or won the game. It's, it's things like that which build up over a season. And, I mean, you, it's a, a, an interesting parallel. When Luke Walton got dismissed on Friday... Uh, immediately Kuzma thanked him for giving him the opportunity and his leadership and all this stuff. When Dave got fired, nobody came out anywhere in support of Dave. Nobody thanked him for his coaching. Nobody thanked him for player development. It was kind of just, oh, he was all right. Uh, There were a lot of stories about Buddy Heald and obviously Bagley, but all these players not really getting along with Dave. And the front office we've, we've seen all season hasn't gotten along with him. So... Do you think, you think De'Aaron got along with him? I think, I mean, De'Aaron's been given the keys not since day one, because remember last year, they didn't start De'Aaron until almost December because they were playing George Hill, who didn't want to be there. Yeah, I just think that... There's just another back to the same point. He doesn't trust guys. I think that De'Aaron and Dave had a, a decent player-coach relationship. I agree. And I think... And it's just tough because you're, you're really hedging your bets that... De'Aaron Fox can work with any coach. Yeah. And and that you're kind of taking... If you're assuming that De'Aaron Fox can work with any coach, you're kind of hoping or planning on the next coach developing Marvin Bagley's game. Yeah. But that's, you know, a hope and a prayer Yeah, that you can develop both guys at the same time. Yeah, and I mean... I, I agree. I think De'Aaron's leap from last year to this, he, he obviously can get a lot better. But I think he's taken enough of a leap where his development isn't the number one priority anymore. Where he's kind of on the back burner. Like, he can get better, but his things to get better, I mean, a little bit of it's basketball IQ and just watching and being part of the game. But I think a lot of it is his shooting technique and... Things like that, where you can get more consistent from outside, and you know, I, I I don't think it's things that he really needs to be 
coached on by a head coach tactician. I just think it's like the confidence in for the coach in De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if this season was anything, any coach is going to be confident in him. I don't know a single coach in the league that wouldn't be confident in a guy who played as well as he did this year, as well as Buddy Hill. So, um, that, that, let's let's move on from this uh, this point counterpoint, and uh, let's look at the three potential candidates. As we mentioned earlier, uh, there's Ettore Messina, there is Monty Williams from the 76ers, and there's Luke Walton, uh, obviously with formerly with the Lakers. I think your number one is Messina, would you say? Yeah. Um, the more I've read about him, I'm, I'm intrigued. Obviously, he's a, a well-renowned coach. My, my whole thing, basically, is just... If you're going to fire Dave Yeager mm-hmm. on the heels of the most prolific pace and space and scoring and winning a season in over a decade, you might as well go big. You might as well hire the guy yeah. who is... In the Popovich coaching tree, who's the foreign, um, you know, head of, not basketball operations, but the head coach of the, the Italian team. Not the best team in Europe by any means, but still decent. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree think, with... I think, like like I said, are we going to throw $12 million at Coach K? No. Would I? Sure. But... You wouldn't take it, though. I, no, agreed. I'm saying, so let's... I think you get paid more being in college than you do in the pros. Yeah, Coach K makes 10 mil. Yeah, and I mean, I think the highest paid, or maybe probably like third highest paid coach is like maybe five. Yeah, either way. Basically... Brad Stevens isn't making that much. Yeah, but all credit. Either way, my thing is, if you're going to fire Dave Yeager, it's not even necessarily hire the best coach... It's just the coach that fits the best. Yeah, and that's that's my biggest holdups with Ettore. Um, so I've done a lot of reading about him in the last two days, and he uh, is known for his slow ball style of play, revolving around inside out uh, bigs, and not like you know not he doesn't like to play in transition. He doesn't like those types of things. He likes to do a half court offense. Um, and slow the game down. See, it's like, as bad as that sounds in the modern NBA, I love that. But no, either, I, But either way. I agree. It's not like an awful thing. I just don't think that fits our personnel. We have a guard-driven team with a couple of athletic bigs to complement. I don't think any of the three coaches really fit our team. I think there's going to have to be some give and take. I agree. On, on all, with all three candidates. See, I really don't know anything about Monty Williams. I don't remember his time with New Orleans. Because they've just been so irrelevant for like the last... Uh, before Alvin Gentry got there, they were irrelevant. They had Chris Paul, they were still irrelevant. Yeah, irrelevant. As far as it goes, yeah. Yeah, they were they were trash. So, um, when it comes to Luke Walton, I know a lot of people don't like him. Especially off the heels of the season that he had this year with the Lakers. I think that he's going to be... I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to be a good coach. Wherever he goes. <laughs> I think that... He, on the Kings, would be an adequate coach to instill a defense that this team needs. But I don't think that he has the offensive sets. I mean, if you watch the Lakers in the last two years, even before LeBron arrived, they didn't have very complicated sets. They were just kind of running basic plays. And I think if he is brought in to be the Kings coach, they need an offensive guru. They need to build a wall. No. No. They'll build it from his defense. But I think they need an offensive guru to come be like an assistant coach to instill in a half-court set, which we are also missing most of this year. I mean, our off, our half-court sets are pretty bad this year. And when it came to crunch time, they were even worse. You know likes the, the half-court set? Yeah. Yeah, but you know what he doesn't like? Where we, where we led the league, transition points. And that's what Luke Walton likes. That's why the Lakers weren't the best team aside from also how they were built this year. <laughs> yeah, the team sucked. Yeah, it was, it was that was just a train wreck. It was fun to watch. But uh Okay, this is this is just what I this is like this is kind of my my conclusion. Yeah. Thinking of all this, 
Vladi, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to us all, has some sort of idea in his head of what this team is going to look like next season. So this is like, this is not so much as a conclusion in the sense that it's just like a scary thought. Yeah. What I, happens? Hold on. All right, like go. with that, with that in mind. Yeah. What happens if we bring in Luke Walton mm-hmm. and we win thirty-eight to forty-two games and miss the playoffs again? I, I would say that's a success. I mean, really? anytime I, that you bring in a new coach and you can win the same amount of games and you don't have a draft pick, I just—I I mean, I, like, I, I, we're I gonna just, have a first rounder next year as well. So I mean, well then you might as well just keep. I don't know. You might as well just not. You just ruin any sort of continuity going in in a positive direction. I just think, basically, what I was thinking is, if you fire Dave Yeager, next season you got to win forty-seven plus games and make the playoffs, or else it's a bust. Because what else are you doing? Like, what else do you want? We're not going to win a title. Everyone knows that. Here's the other thing, though. If we would have only won 20 games this year and then we fired Dave Yeager, would it be different? Because I don't don't think it is. I think it is. Because it's it's not about the on-court product. That hasn't been the problem. The problem has been what's surrounded it. I think... The problem is, you know... Yeah, and part of that is, is the front office. I agree, and that's why there's major changes there as well. Well, that's what's sort of frustrating is you just fire everyone. I mean, they basically did that. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It, that's just, that doesn't seem like a viable solution. That's a pretty common thing in the league, though. That happens anytime there's issues in, in front offices. I would say, but not at the rate that it happens with our team. I mean, we've had a pretty stable GM for the last five years. I mean that it's not not in my Minis- opinion. Minnesota's had as many or more, and they've been to the playoffs, and they now they're they're going through another iteration uh, of GM and head coaching. I mean, I'm talking about like everything. I'm talking about there, there's I don't think there's any I, more turmoil from top to bottom. Yeah, I think also uh, I mean a, a reason, especially on the bottom, not as much on the top. But a reason there's been so much turmoil in the last, what, three head coaches the Kings have had at the bottom is because they keep going after guys like George Carl, who's a, a big name in the league, but is washed. And they're going after a guy like Dave Yeager, who had success with Memphis, but his play style doesn't match the, the, the way that the league's going, you know? He tries to run that the inside-out offense, the grit-and-grind offense with Albeit more transition now, but I don't think it's the f- like what he wants to do is the future of the league. What he wants to do is have Zebo play thirty minutes a night and then give him a hug afterwards for you know being his friend for twenty years. And I think that's part of the problem with him. And I think that's why it was a good move. I don't know. I just I don't. There's no, there's no coach that's gonna do. I just think there's no coach that's going to do what Vladi expects. And I, I, don't, I don't know if that necessarily means stick with the status quo. But, I mean, maybe this is too negative. But there's really, I don't know, in my mind, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've been less hopeful ever than right now. Because it seems like I, th- I can name one time for sure. When they traded DeMarcus. That night you were 100% less hopeful. And how did that turn out? That's turned out pretty well so far. I mean, all things considered, it's turned out better. But it hasn't yielded, I think... Yes, we've won more games. We've played better. It's been more fun. I mean, we also have... Two players we wouldn't have otherwise. We wouldn't have Darren Fox without that trade, and we wouldn't have another one of those. You know the the what were the two other picks that year? 
um, in the first round. It was when Giles we, yeah, and... Tra- we drafted Zach Collins and traded him for Giles and... Uh, Jay Jax, yeah. who we traded eventually for Harrison Barnes. So, all of these moves have seemed to kind of work out. And I think... Sort of. That's the thing. I just... I don't think there's any end to it. I think, you know, in the words of... Uh, uh, who was it? I don't know. It, it might have been... Uh, Doctor Strange. We're in the end game now. We're in the end oh, game. Oh, yeah, dude. So. F***ing Avengers. Yeah. Sucks. Those movies blow. Yeah, Ben Ben likes uh, Suicide Squad. It's his favorite movie of all time. Well, not. But it wasn't. It, is. it wasn't terrible. I'll give, I'll give it that. Hot takes out of Ben here. Um, one last thing to wrap it up. Uh, There's no hope. That's the one thing. Well, we're going to end it on a little lighter note with everybody's oh, yeah. favorite Kingspiracy Corner. Oh, yeah. We got to. We got to. Give this one out there. Um, this is a good one. I so think. I like this one. This is a good way to end it. Again, th- either way, thanks for listening. Before we do this conspiracy thing, we don't know. Sh- All right, nobody knows. Sh- Basically, Vladi told us two plus years ago, if we weren't better in two years, I'll step down. Statistically, we're better. Are we any closer to winning a title? I would actually say we're about exactly the same. I'd say we're closer for sure. You kidding me? I would say we're. We were were going in circles for five years. I would say we're about the same. And we're finally actually heading in a positive direction. I would just. I would say. I. I would say the the. We have young guys with potential. I mean, we didn't have any potential with that other team. There was. they, They weren't going anywhere. I think and we're, now we're trending in a direction. Well, my whole thing was like, I. this is what pisses me off. is because I think with if we manage the Isaiah, Rudy, DeMarcus, Mike Malone team... Dude, Isaiah's, Isaiah's way that. overrated. Uh, he would have been perfect on that team. He yeah. was perfect. We had three players averaging 20 points. Yeah, that sounds like a great like first round out. That's, forever. That's fine. Forever. That team's worse than Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan, and they never made it past the first round. They did, but they never made it past the second round. That's true. And they this that team's definitely worse than than those three. You actually think right now with no coach, I'm just saying, before the co- before coach is hired. So we don't know anything. We're completely yeah. in the dark. You think that we are closer to a title than the Year we went, we had Isaiah, Rudy, Demarcus, and Mike Malone before Mike Malone was hired because that was such a out of the blue season. We weren't we yeah, weren't I out. Mean, we weren't done at all. That's that one you can't. I mean, that's that's not even Vladi, but either way, yeah, that that was a D'Alessandro <laughs> and the but no, but, but that's what I'm but that's what I'm kind of getting towards is that. I I I still think, say we think are. So? So I think I think this I team think, that we currently have I is just built think, to go deep in the playoffs. I just think f- six years, and we're no closer. Here's the, here's here's what I'm saying. We have three guys right now, in Fox, uh, Buddy, and Bagley. That I you look at any team in the playoffs this year except for the Jazz and the Spurs. Every other team has a guy like Bagley, super athletic, big. A, a big that can hold it down both on offense and defense. Every team has at least one dude who's just a flamethrower from three. And every team that's going to be successful has some sort of a distributor and a guy that they can put the load on late in games, early in games, whenever. And that's why I think we're closer now than we were two, three, four years ago. Really, any time in the last ten years I to, to a, a championship. No, but I, I think we're like, directly spot, to your point, I think... Again, this is the pre-Vlade. I think that team with Mike Malone, with Isaiah, Rudy, and Demarcus is that team. It's that one player away. See, I think I, I like Demarcus, but I think Rudy Gay is still super productive. No, I, I'm going to say this now. This is, might be a hot take. Rudy Gay and Isaiah Thomas are both empty stats. Good team. You or good. The, you picked the stats, Spurs bad to make the guy. Western Conference Finals, and he's. Instrumental to that team's success. We all know it's Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I'm saying he is he is the team, but Rudy Gay comes out and, and averages like 18 points for that team. 
Yeah, I mean, he's done 18 points here. He did 18 points in Memphis. He did 18 points in Toronto. And none of those teams ever went anywhere. Yeah, but I'm saying... Why would it have been different if he was on the Kings with two other guys that are ball-dominant as well and none of them that can really space the floor? No, I think... Isaiah Thomas is an awful shot. That team wasn't going to go anywhere no matter what. I I I simply just don't agree Well, like, I think if you kept DeMarcus and Mike Malone... And you filled that roster with a similar roster that Denver has now. I'm not saying that it'd be te- much I'm, better. I'm not saying that team's going to win a title. Just but like I think I'm that saying, our team is closer to winning a title than that team is because it's actually theoretically possible with these three guys. I just those think, I just think, never I just think it's the same. I, I'm not saying we're I don't. less. I don't at all. I think I think our current team is way better positioned. Just based on personnel. And then I mean, and then you, you don't even have to get into the fact that like we're just not going to. I mean, who knows? The, the, the Warriors were saying that 10 years ago, and now they've won five out of the last 12. Who knows? So that, that gets us into King Spiracy Corner. Let's leave this all behind. King Spiracy Corner, very fun one this week. If you watch the Portland game, you know that we pulled all the starters at half, and we, we gave the bench a deep run, and it ended up blowing the lead. But Huge lead. This was a, a definitely a handshake agreement between the head coaches Terry, Terry Stotts? Is that his name? Uh, I don't know his first name. Stotts. Terry Stotts, yeah. Terry, uh, and uh, Dave Yeager. In order to uh, make sure that the Warriors and the Rockets would meet in the second round uh, to give the Rockets the best shot at eliminating the Warriors and sending them, home, sending them home early for the first time in about, what, six years? Yeah, basically what we're saying is that if the Rockets play the Warriors sooner... There's less of a chance that they will be hurt. Yeah, less and chance more, that Chris a, Paul is going to tear a hamstring. And more of a chance that they won't miss 27 straight threes. You know, that, that chance is still always there, though. That's true. Um, and uh, so it was a nice little wink-wink under-the-table agreement. Uh, that is why the Kings lost, not because we suck. suck. So... That's it for this week. Uh, we will keep you updated on when the next episode will be. Look forward about mid-May, late May, yeah. before the finals. All I got to say, too, just before we sign out, yeah, is that, you know what I am really excited for? What? Is, in a way, it's it's sad and it breaks my heart. Yeah. But a playoffs without LeBron is very interesting. In its own yeah, way. It, in its own way. I, and I just think we didn't we didn't mention that. We this, didn't bring it up at all. This this yeah. uh, so I just think that's very it's crazy. It's a little bit scary. Dude. Scary. That's perfect. How how do you think the ratings are gonna do? I think they'll be fine. <laughs> I think the early rounds are gonna really suffer. Until yeah, the finals. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's probably true. But I, I just think it's that was just my my last piece, is that it's just a, it's gonna be a weird couple months. So shout out to King James for uh, making it fun these past eight finals. Yeah, too bad he doesn't have the chance to get knocked out in the first round and that streak. Yeah, really. I would right. like to see that. Um, it's been really fun doing this podcast all year. Just want to say thank you to our value, valued listeners. Um, we will be back, so stay tuned. Yeah, we're thinking like. You know, Five, six weeks, something like yeah, that. Yeah, the the we'll we'll be back uh, the weekend. We'll, we'll call it the weekend after Labor Day weekend. Uh, ben will be a graduated Dude, man. Labor Day. Is You're in wrong. September. You're right. It's Memorial, Memorial Day weekend. Day. You know, scratch that. Switch it with the other holiday. Yeah, really. as they say. Uh, it's we'll basically be, like the Labor Day of spring. Yeah, spring spring Labor Day, spring cleaning. We'll be back uh, in the, at the end of May. So stay tuned uh, and. We hope to see you then. All right. See ya. Adios. Get out.